Hello and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Burning Questions. Um, can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me, hear you, hear me? <laughs> guys, today I'm joined by Mr. HP, the director of Ban. I'm joined by Alex um, and I'm joined by Shola. Guys, welcome to Burning Questions. Hello fam, it's great to be here. Cool. So guys, today on Burning Questions, we're you know, tackling a very interesting um, personality. We're going to be watching a, a short clip of um, Julius Malema, and that's where our conversation is going to be led from. So, yeah, let me roll the clip. And guys, do take notes now, because you're going to have to note some of the parts in the video so that you, you know, there we go. See, people like Alex, you know. <laughs> Roots will not have that appreciation because the black people roots know the first black person he saw is a domestic worker in his house when he grew up. The second black person he saw was a security guard at the gate when he got out. The third black person he saw was a cashier at the shop owned by white people. The fourth black person he saw was the cleaners where he went to school. Those are the blacks he has had an interaction with. And he thinks of us like that, because that is his exposure to black people. And, 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 and therefore, always characterizing us as non-thinkers, uh, as, 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 as baboons, as people who can't think. And that's why if they hear a leader says, kill the boer, they can go into the house and take machete and go and kill people. Because these are non-thinkers. That's how they view us, that's how they characterize us. It's unfortunate that we find ourselves in a society where we coexist with such people who look at us and who think of us like that. We don't think like that about them. Our leaders never thought of like that about them. Despite the fact that they engaged in genocide of black people when they came here, despite conquering us in the wars of disposition, Despite killing kids in 1976 and in the 80s, we don't think of them like that. We never thought of them like that, but they think like that about us. That's very bad. <laughs> I was saying in my muted state, that is very bad. This is, you know, that's uh, the end of Julius's statement. Guys, this is a very, uh, I'm going to say a tricky one, but um, let's start with you, HP. What are your thoughts on, on, on this video? Yeah, so um, it, it is a tough one. It really, really is a tough one. And perhaps some context would be would be good to, you know, what's going on here. Uh, so this yes, is Julius Malema testifying in a court case um, that was brought by um, Afriforum uh, against him and the EFF regarding their singing of the song, uh, Kill the Boer. Um, and we all might remember, or some of us might remember that back, way back in 2010, uh, there was a very similar court case to this where uh, Julius Malema was still the president of the ANC Youth League and um, the Afri Forum took action to, to have uh, Kill the Boer uh, declared hate speech um, and forbid uh, people from singing it, and then the, the the case was settled, and the ANC undertook that it 
or, or its organizations won't sing Kill the Boy anymore. Uh, the problem is, in the intervening 12 years, uh, a few things have happened. Number one is Mr. Malema left the EFF and thereby is no longer really a party to, um, to, to agreements between the ANC and Afriforum uh, coming from that court settlement. So the, he, he isn't quite uh, um, as uh, accountable as, as the original case 12 years ago might have, might have held. Um, and secondly, of course, um, there were some changes in the law. Um, since 2010, uh, we got the Peputa um, Act, which is the um, basically aimed at the, the pro uh, promotion of equality and prevention of unfair discrimination act. That's what the Peputa stands for. So if I say Peputa, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not sneezing or something. It's the name of legislation. But um, it, it changed the test for when something is hate, spe hate speech. And then recently, um, the Constitutional Court uh, um, and, and some other courts uh, looked at the hate speech re uh, determinations in computer and found that these were actually unconstitutional. Uh, so they were changed. So this court case comes from the singing of Kill the Boer that Afriforum feel uh, meets the criteria of hate speech. And this was Mr. Malema testifying uh, from the stand on, uh, you know, uh, uh, quite a few hours. But this clip very, very very powerfully identified and definitely something to talk about. Yeah, um, yeah definitely, um, Sam. Thank you so much for that, um, the backstory. Um, maybe let's go to you, Sholin. Um, as you yeah. heard the background of where this clip comes from, what are your thoughts on it? Um, what the whole spill that Malema has gotten into? Very um, interesting man, very interesting <laughs> character. Yeah, um, as usual, you know, Malema is um quite the controversial figure as you said and in the in this video specifically i find it rather ironic that malema of all people is the one criticizing someone for thinking that all black people are only lower class workers who are um domestic workers security guards because the if if are the ones who think that the best way to actually represent all black people is by wearing red overalls and we know that this is not the case because I mean that there are some brilliant um, um, black individuals who, you know, believe in ideas such as um, free markets um, and limited government who have been successful. And some of them are like Pumlani Majosi, um, Thomas yeah. Sowell, Big Daddy Liberty, Malachi Mbeki. Um, not all um, black people can actually be represented by Malema as you would like us to believe. And I would also be very, very, I would be very skeptical if someone like Malema, you know, tries to paint um, black people as victims just because of the color of their skin. Um, because, you know, um, that's not usually the case and that all, not all black um, people are actually working class Marxists as Malema yeah. would like us to believe. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mr. Alex, your thoughts before I go into uh, something else? Mm. Yeah, I think the, the idea of victimhood is a very good one that Shonen touches on. Um, mm. But for me, I mean, obviously one knows there's a sort certain stereotype that Malema is playing into here that, that mm -hmm. people are familiar with, right? And I think he's very, what's quite scary about Malema is very convincing. You know, you could watch this and be like, yeah. Yeah, man, Bro. I need to go and I was like, wash yes, my car sir. with my white tears. You know what I mean? Hey. Um, 
but um, check your no, own the, privilege, Alex. Exactly, exactly. When I look, oh. actually, when I drive after I've washed my car, I check in my mirror to see if I, if I've still got my white privilege following me. Um, but no, I, I think it's I think it's a case of what I find so interesting about um, Lemme is is the playing up of victimhood in his okay. sort of nationalist rhetoric um, in order to be divisive. Um, there's yeah. nothing unifying yeah. about it. I don't think he intends to be unifying. Um, and I don't know how many people uh, watching it can get behind that sort of message. Um, obviously, there's some people that may resonate with and, and that's that's the danger is that, um, you know, when you when you it, when things aren't going well around you and you, you're living in economic circumstances that are below the breadline, you might see this and be like, yeah, down with definitely. white people, whatever yeah. it is, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Because I think I mentioned this off air. I was like, when I was watching some of those clips, I was like, yes, preach, black brother. I definitely agree with you. But I was like, um, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. And um, I think with what um, Sholen and Alex are both mentioning is that he's pushing this idea of black people should always be victims. Um, yeah. I'm just going to say, listen, Definitely, let's not let's not downplay um, apartheid. Let's not downplay what happened. Yeah. Let's not downplay um, obviously the trauma, which there still is some trauma. I think with maybe the older generation, but I, yeah. I'm gonna say as a young black twenty-two year old, I don't really carry that trauma around with me. It's probably just adopted. Yeah. I use it sometimes when I feel like it. Jokes, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> But um, I think um, with, the, with, with the content that those kind of things that Julius Malema is saying, especially for us, maybe young people, people who consume this kind of content, we now start building all these ideas, things that we don't even resonate with and we start making it our own, which is very dangerous. And, and as Alex was saying that someone might literally just watch this and say, yes, definitely, I agree with you. Um, pansy with white people, do you understand? Which is a very mm. dangerous thing in a democracy. Um, Mr. HP, do you have anything else to add? You're very, you're very quiet today. I don't, I don't like. I don't like this issue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think um, you touched on something there. This, this, this sort of appropriation of of suffering um, is okay. is something actually quite complex. Because let's break down what what Mr. Malema is actually saying there. He talks very definitely about they do this, this, and this. Mm. We, us. So there's this this, this grouping. Um, then he goes on about they killed young black South Africans in 1976 um, and in the 1980s. The problem is, I wasn't around in 1976 or the 1980s, and I, I not even the, the the white person he's he's talking about, Adam Strutz, uh was. Uh, so, so there's this problem of creating these tribes, not not actually treating people as individuals, people who can think for themselves, but actually yeah. saying that white people, you collectively are responsible for white actions, and black people, you collectively, no matter whether it's 50 years ago, 150 years ago, or today, things done to black people were done to all black people. And things done by white people were done by all white people. And then he accuses Mr. Roots of dehumanizing. But maybe, Sam, quick one. Um, I can hear myself, by the way, from your side. Let me just mute you a bit. Okay. Um, 
maybe a person might then come through to you and say, but from all those actions, from all those things that happened in apartheid, um, white privilege, you still have that white privilege. Black people, from everything that happened in apartheid, you still, you know, you still kind of discriminated against. We still see kind of these things. They might come to you and say, but this is South Africa. We see these things every day. What do you then say to that person? Well, I think I would say to that person that I wouldn't repeat the policies that got got us into this situation in the first place. If you want to listen to someone who sounds like Julius Malema, go listen to Hendrik Verwoerd. There are some interviews with him on YouTube. The way he talks about them and us, very, very similar to Malema. So what Hendrik Verwoerd wanted to do was he wanted the state to control the economy to the advantage of his preferred race group. What do you think Julius Malema wants to do? He wants the state to control the economy to the advantage of his preferred race group. And of course we have to agree that, you know, uh, uh, black people were treated horribly by apartheid. I mean, one of my notes here is is truth. One of the notes I made here was it's probably true. As you know, as a white South African, I did grow up and the first black person I met was the domestic worker. But what Mm -hmm. Mr. Malema sort of misses is that we have to look at why there was economic exclusion in the first place. And we can give two answers, race-based policies and state control of people's economic decisions. That's why these black people he mentions, the security guards, the cleaners, the domestic workers, that's why these people were kept and made poor in the first place. And he wants that turbocharged as a policy. In his testimony, he made the absurd claim that he wants the state to take control of all land so that the people can have it. When last has the state taken something something, and then treated it as the property of the people? And perhaps the last thing I want to make clear about Mr. Malema is he is incredibly good at this sort of advocacy. Um, and the other day, I, I actually was haunted by, by my first memory um, of... of understanding the difference between black people and white people and how they are treated. I was, I must've been about five or six um, and I was at home and there was a guy painting our house, a black guy painting our house. Um, And then he sort of caught my attention through the front door and he asked, can he go to the bathroom? And I was like five, six years old, I was like, yes, of course. And he said, yeah, but can I show him where it is? And I said to him, okay, come along. And I invited him into our house and I was about to show him the bathroom that I use. And he said, no, 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 the outside bathroom, the Mm. dirty bathroom. That haunts me, that haunts me. Uh, That, and and, and I I couldn't quite for many, many years, almost 25 years now, that memory tested somewhere in the back of my mind, and I've never actually thought of it again since literally a week ago, uh, when it's been constantly in my mind, to say that people were treated awfully. They were dehumanized. But why yeah. were they dehumanized? Because they were treated as a group. Black people equal dirty, equal deserving dirty bathroom, outside bathroom. White people equal good. That idea of treating people as a group rather than me treating you Mbali as you Mbali, you Sherlin as you Sherlin, you Alex as you Alex, rather than me treating you guys as individuals, people I can love, I can annoy, I can hate, I can disagree with, I can agree with, I can fight with, I can love, rather than doing that, 
Mr. Malema puts his foot in exactly the same hole that got us into this in the first place. And that is the Fervurdian idea of going them and us and yeah. them and us. You don't solve the problems of the past by going back to the thinking that caused the problems in the first place. Yeah, no, that is definitely true. That is definitely true. I don't know if you guys have anything to add before we close um, the show. I feel, you know, it's a bit saddish. No, it's a bit saddish, but, you know, it's okay. Yeah, I, I must agree. Okay. <laughs> I must agree with what Arman says about the fact that Malema and the likes of Hitler, the likes of Hitler, they are um, two different sides of the exact same coin. Um, yep. Because yep. the ones were just on the right, and now Malema's on the left side of um, the political spectrum. And yeah, that's exactly a dangerous territory of um, actually repeating the mistakes that took place in the past um, yeah. through the type of yeah. thinking that Malema um, yeah, promotes. Sorry, can I, 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 need to, I need to jump in quickly there and just make a point that, fam, you're saying this is a very sad and downbeat episode. Yes, but it doesn't have to be because let's look at the facts. Let's look at the reality. Hendrik Verwoerd, long gone, long gone, apartheid, long gone. These things end. These things come to an end when enough people say, you know what? This nonsense, I'm sorry, no, I'm not going to buy into this nonsense anymore. Yeah. Two thirds of white South Africans in 1992 in the referendum said, Mr. Ferwood, take your apartheid and drink it where the sun don't shine. And by that, I don't mean Scotland. But the point is, these things end. These things yeah. come to a close when enough people get involved and enough people go, this is rubbish. This is definition. So I just muted my mic strategically there. Um, and if we look at the data, South Africans are doing that and they yeah. want to do that. And we yeah. can take it to our hearts and we can sleep easy at night that we are not a country of racists. We are not a country of Verwurts and Malems. These people are out there and they are weaponizing hurt, real hurt. Yeah. They are weaponizing it just like the apartheid government did but we need to step up we yeah. need to step up and every time we hear this go out and speak to someone from a different background than yours and yes, love them and get to know them and understand that you want good schools for your kids they want good schools for their kids you want a safe community they want a safe community if you haven't yeah. if you don't know your neighbor take the end of this podcast Listen to it, that lack of fan, you know, freedom is worth fighting for. Put down the device you're busy with and go ring the bell of your neighbor and say, I know, but I'm, I'm a fellow South African. This might be weird, but I don't think I know you well enough. And if that person is someone you know or someone who shares your background culturally, linguistically, then go to the next house and the next house and the next house until you find the South African who's so different from you that someone like Malema or someone like Fervurt would want to put you in a fight against each other. Speak to that person, get to know them, ask them where their kids go to school. Do the basic human thing of treating someone else as a human being and you will see that Mr. Malema and Mr. Fervurt can only get power when we don't know each other and we don't love each other and we don't talk to each other as individuals who share the same color blood. 
Definitely. Um, yeah, I think to end the show, it's just safe to say, guys, um, don't be fooled by Malema's great wording. Like, I'll give that to him. He's great at speaking. But you know what? Don't be fooled. And as HP had said, has said, go out, learn who your neighbor is, go meet new people, uh, people that you relate with. And do remember, your freedom is definitely worth fighting for.